just for musicians sake because there's a cut in any questions on that we'll go through it one more time Jesus, Jesus. 
Do y'all want to start from the very beginning or just from that second verse? Just that second verse. Okay. So let me just hit that chorus. That way we can practice going into it. So, what are the words? Okay, thanks.
musicians, we can build it a little bit more from verse 2 all the way to the bridge coming back down and building back up. Let me hear it one more Sorry. So let's start. Uh, just start when I go into it. So, 
Well, you're the one that texted out practice at five today. down into my share of unexpected battles I've been told that I would never win at all but there's more than meets the eye a power some deny but I come in this valley I'm not alone in my weakness can you put more of the vocals and the track here in the monitor? There's a victory in this valley for me. That lion devil likes to brag. He's beat so many others. Failing to remember he'll lose in the end One day he will bow I'll not give him victory now So I stand in the name of the Lord In this valley I'm not alone In my weakness he is strong But though I stand in the shadow of this giant, I believe there's a victory in this valley for me. He's fighting for me. That sounds good. He's all around me, 
And every foe will know that he is God. He's fighting for me. He's all around me. And every foe will know that he is God. He's fighting for me. He's all around me. And every foe will know that he is God. And every foe I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is not just a building. 
house of the Lord is not just for a place for us to dress up and listen to some music and go through a routine. But the house of the Lord is the place where healing takes place, where deliverance takes place. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the place of healing. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the place of deliverance. I was glad when they said unto me. And so right now we're going to start with prayer requests. We're going to start with opportunities for miracles. We're going to start with giving our needs to God and laying down our burdens at the altar. And we're going to go through the rest of this service carrying nothing but our cross, picking up our victories, laying down everything at the altar, every stress, every worry, every sickness, every hurt, every bondage, everything you walked in here with. We're leaving it before a single note starts. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to bring specific needs. But every person in here, under the sound of my voice, is encouraged to come to the front, to lift up your hands, to pray together as ministers anoint you with oil, and we'll pray with and over you tonight, believing that lives will be changed. Amen? Amen. Believing that your situation, not just somebody else's, but yours tonight, is going to be impacted. So right now we're going to touch, we're going to pray for Landry Westerman, Abby Malone, Jake Morgan, Carolyn Clark, Joanne Fryer, Floyd Elmore, Francis Batson, Tobias Gonzalez, Sharon Crawford, Sister Singh Hood, Brian Ritchie, every church in our community, every leader, politically. And I believe lives are going to be changed tonight. I believe there's an expectation in here tonight that before a single word is sung tonight, that we're going to step out in faith and receive a healing, receive a touch. And so right now, these altars are open to receive prayer as ministers anoint you with oil. And so, Father, you were here before we ever got here. You were moving before we ever opened our mouth to call on your name. And so, God, I pray that our faith aligns us with your word, that we step out in the midst of our circumstances say, God, I give it to you. God, I give you my need. God, I give you my life. God, I give you my struggle, my sickness, my circumstance. And God, you do what only you can do. I pray that lives are changed. I pray that bodies are healed. I pray that families are restored. In Jesus' name, let it be done.
church, let's lift a hand clap of praise to God right now. If he's truly worthy of it all, let's give him a little hand clap of praise. Let's raise up a voice. If you've got a voice to give, let's raise up a voice if he's worthy of it all. Amen, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. love that song so much if the ushers would come we'll take our tithing offering right now and I love that song so much because my entire life has been built on hard work and dedication Sterling because if y'all don't know I was very involved in sports and if you look at me I don't have the build for for sports at all I'm a little short kind of awkwardly built And I'm not necessarily the skinniest guy on the block. But through hard work and dedication, I was pretty good at a lot of things. But when it comes to our spiritual lives, you can't earn it. No matter how many good works you do, no matter how great of a person you are in this world, you cannot earn what we've been given. And so when it says, for from you are all things, God... That's talking about the breath you woke up with. That's talking about the strength that you have to carry through every single trial even though you didn't think you could. That's talking about the ability to overcome every trial that you're faced with. So Jesus, the least that I can do is give you back all things. Give you my praise, give you my glory, give you my worship, give you my honor, God, because you're worthy of it. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Let's take this offering. God, I pray that you would continue to bless this service tonight. I pray that you would use Brother Hart again like you did this morning, God, and that your spirit would fall. It is already evident in this place here today. Lord, your will be done in the house of you tonight. Not ours. Not our own agendas, not our clocks, not our own time, but Jesus, all of you. All of your time, all of your will be done in this place. In your great name we pray, amen. I just wanted to say that there are a lot of people in this building that I love with my whole entire heart. And I'm always so glad to be here visiting all of you. This is home, and it always feels like home. And um, I'm just thankful to have all of you in my life. And I love this place. I had a lot of victories here. And so um, I'm just thankful to be here. And y'all worship with me as I sing. Oh
you. Being used of God is not always what we sort of think of when we say, I want you to use me. When somebody really uses you, that means they take advantage of you. And I think we ought to, as our evangelist comes this evening, that we ought to say, God, use me. Let him harness us with thoughts, spiritual energies, that we can be used of God tomorrow and the rest of the days of our life. What we got this morning is a wonderful oasis, a river of life, a well springing up inside us. And we are so glad, brother and sister Hart, that you're here. Would you make welcome to our pulpit, brother and sister Hart? Could we give that praise to the Lord all over this sanctuary? If you're grateful for the moving of his spirit that's in this house, why don't you lift your voice in thanksgiving? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. How many is glad you came to church on Sunday night? I'm grateful to be in God's house, and I just feel like something good is about to happen in this place tonight. Anybody come to church with a little bit of expectation? Anybody believe the Holy Ghost is in this place? Somebody can leave changed. Somebody can leave with victory in your soul tonight. 
Praise God. You can be seated if you want to, but please worship the Lord with us. I'm glad we do serve a God of victory. Amen. that I would never win at all but there's more than meets the eye a power some deny but I come in the name of the Lord in this valley I'm not alone in my weakness he is strong for though I stand in the shadow of this giant, I believe there's a victory in this valley for me. Is there anybody on Sunday night that would claim that in your life? Oh, yeah. That lion devil likes to brag. He's beat so many others. Failing to remember, he'll lose in the one day he will bow I'll not give him victory now So I stand In the name of the Lord In this valley I'm not alone In my weakness He is strong But though I stand In the shadow of this giant I believe There's a victory in this valley fighting for me he's all around me and every foe will know that he is God he's fighting for me he's all around me and every foe will know that he is God he's fighting for me he's all around me and every foe will know that he is God and every foe will know that he is God and every foe will know that he is God in this valley I'm not alone in my weakness he is strong but though I stand in the shadow of this giant, I believe there's a victory in this valley for me. But though I stand in the shadow of this giant, I believe there's a victory in this valley for me. There's a victory in this valley for me. Somebody give him praise in this house tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, are you glad you got Jesus on your side? How many knows we're living in a crazy world, but it's nothing as long as you got Jesus, amen? Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side. When I hear the thunder roll, 
holds my hand When I begin to tremble When the winds of this world are blue and strong Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll He holds my hand when I begin to tremble When the winds of this world are blowing strong Oh, Jesus is a fence around His children His grace is sufficient to stand the storm His word is a promise we can stand on When the winds of this world are blowing strong Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll He holds my hand when I begin to tremble When the winds of this world are blowing strong Now Satan, he is moving to and fro throughout the land Seeking out whom he may devour But he was defeated at Golgotha when Jesus made him out alive Sing Jesus is with me When the storm clouds gather He's standing by my side When I hear the thunder roll He holds my hand When I begin to tremble When the winds of this world are blowing strong Now Satan is always sneaking around the gate Trying to lead a sheep astray but he that is in us is so much better than him So rebuke him and chase him away Yeah. Now if you're caught up in the winds of the world With no joy in your life at all Just give your heart to Jesus He will always understand And he will never, never let you fall Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll He holds my hand when I begin to tremble When the winds of this world are blowing strong Sing Jesus is with me 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 in the morning, Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. In the evening, Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. When I'm alone, Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. Ain't got no song. Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. When I'm weak, Jesus is with me. Feeling all so tired, Jesus is with me. I know. Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. Can you say that? Begin to tremble when the winds of this world are blowing strong. Yeah, yeah, they're blowing, they're blowing strong. Yeah. Oh, somebody magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Aren't you thankful that we have a hope when the winds of this world are blowing strong all around us? It's not just something that we hear, but it's true, isn't it? He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He sticks closer than a brother in the midnight hour. We can call on his name, and he's right there with us. That brings me so much hope. That brings me so much comfort because no matter what we face in our lives or no matter what road we've walked maybe we've been raised in this maybe we're brand new to feeling the presence of God we're still gonna face some things in this world but to know that we have the name of Jesus to speak his name and all fear really does have to leave that brings me peace that brings me comfort that brings me joy I will never forget I was 18 years old and I had gone to Bible college for a year and um, because of a few things, there was just some things with sickness and financial. I decided to take a semester off of college and I knew it was right. I knew it was even what the Lord wanted me to do, but I will never forget. I went home and in that semester at home, I faced everything, born and raised in this beautiful truth. My parents are pastors, and I faced everything I never imagined that I would face, sickness and fear and depression and anxiety, things that I just couldn't even believe that I was walking, loneliness. And there were so many moments in my life I would just open my Bible in the middle of the night and just read his word and speak his name and hold on to that. And I will never forget one specific moment. I was going to the store and I sat in my car and I said, God, I hardly even have the heart to go in. I'm so lonely. I'm facing these things that I never thought I would face. But you have been so good to me. As I just looked back over my life and I said, even though I'm facing these things right now and I can't even believe it, I can't even understand why I'm walking this road right now, even though I'm facing those things I'm gonna make a promise to you that even through this Lord I'm still gonna serve you and I'm still gonna love you and I'm still gonna praise my way through this storm and I'll never forget I turned on worship music and the song that came up the lyrics were it's not over it's not finished it's just the beginning with God all things are possible and I can tell you that was only a season of my life and I praised my way through that season and I look back on that time in my life and I see his hand it didn't leave me he never forsook me he was working on my testimony amen we may not understand why we have to walk through certain things but God is doing the miraculous and about a year later I went back to Bible college and the Lord gave me this song and I have been so blessed to sing this song uh, this is my testimony and this is my life no matter what I face I have made up my mind I'm still gonna serve him and I'm still gonna love him because he's been so good to me I'm still gonna praise my way through can we lift up our hands all across this place thank you Jesus Lord you know why you take us through the valley Alone. and you 
Could we stand all over the building and lift our hands high toward heaven and just give God a little bit of that praise tonight if you've really made up in your mind 
to serve him at all times. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel a witness of his spirit in this room tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a, what a powerful thing it is. Anytime we take off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise, there's something shifts in the atmosphere when we exalt and magnify the name of the Lord. Yet, it seems to me there to be something especially powerful about that praise that arises from the valley. Something about that praise that comes forth from the lips of one who is in the throes of a great battle. But yet they still find it within themselves to bless the Lord at all times. And I just feel like throughout the course of this day, such has been the praises of God's people in this very sanctuary. You have not dwelt upon the magnitude of your circumstances or the peril that has surrounded you, but there's been a spirit of worship and praise that has filled this sanctuary all day long. And for that, I give God the glory. And I thank God for your praise. Why don't we just magnify Him together in this house tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. What a great joy to be here today. Uh, If you would, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. I'll read out of the second chapter. I'll begin at verse number one, reading just three verses of Scripture. I do want to take just a brief moment and express to you one more time, as I did this morning, what a great privilege and high honor it is, as always, for my wife and I to be with you here in Paris, Texas. We have looked forward to the opportunity to come back and be with you and we rejoice in all that God has done today and I believe the Lord. I've said it uh, a moment ago but I'll say it again. I believe God is at work in this room tonight and I believe over the next few minutes God's going to do something powerful. Amen. Whatever you have need of from the Lord I believe God is present in this room and well able to meet your need. Our God is well able. Amen. And we give honor tonight once again to Pastor and Sister Myers, who we love and appreciate so very much. They have, uh, for quite a few years now, been so very kind and supportive to my wife and I. And the opportunity to come and be with them is not something that we take for granted. And we love and appreciate these great folks and their family. And it's, it's, it's especially great to have some of our favorite people uh, in church with us today, um, they don't go here every week, but they they drove up from, or I guess they rode up from Dayzetta, and it's so great to see Addison and London and Jathan. We preach revivals for their mom and dad down in Dayzetta, and we were so excited to see them, and so it's great to have them in the house of the Lord today. We do have a table in the foyer uh, with some music and and some books. Uh, my wife has written two books; those are back there. We'd love for you to come by and take a look at those uh, when service is over. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run 
that readeth it. Watch verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. And as if the point had not yet fully been communicated. To drive it home one last time. The Lord says it will not tarry. In other words, God was saying it will tarry for a season. But it will be worth it in the end. And you won't have to tarry always at some point. In fact, at an appointed time, all will be accomplished according to the perfect and divine will of God. I'm going to hold my title for just a moment. But if you would, together before we're seated in this atmosphere, could we set our Bibles down? Could we lift our hands toward heaven one more time? And I would ask that the people of God would lift your voice. And pray an anointing to rest upon us tonight for the next few moments. God, I'm grateful for your presence that is in this room. I feel that unction of the Holy Ghost upon this house, upon this service. God, I pray that you would anoint my lips to declare your word. A word that is timely and on point for your people in this room tonight. Anoint every ear to hear. Anoint every heart to receive that which you have ordered and ordained to be spoken in this room tonight. Let your word be fully accomplished. And I pray that you would confirm your word tonight. Reveal to us your glory. Make manifest your power tonight. We pray it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amid the chaotic interruptions of that year 2020 my wife and I had been scheduled to preach a revival in northern Idaho it had been scheduled I believe for the month of May was uh, as everything was canceled was rescheduled to August and so after being uh, cooped up for a couple of months we decided that rather than flying to northern Idaho we would we would just road trip our way through the western the beautiful western side of our country. And so uh, we would we would camp our way uh, to Idaho and then we would take a few days and we would camp our way back. And so we loaded up and the, the very day that we left and began our trek to the northwest, my phone rang and the pastor from northern Idaho said, well, I've got bad news Everybody in the church has COVID, and so we're going to have to cancel the revival. So I told my wife, I said, well, we're packed up. We're already on the road. I guess we get an extended vacation without pay. And so we just continued with our plans, made a few extra plans, and we just had a great trip. Uh, but we were traveling, uh, had just, a, a, not very long, had we been out of the state of Kansas traveling on the interstate uh, that would lead you into Denver, Colorado. Yet before we got to Denver, our first stop was Colorado Springs. And 
So it, it was time to get fuel. And so I took the exit for Lyman, Colorado. And I began rolling upwards on that exit ramp where I identified a pilot truck stop just over to the right. And so I, I approached a stop sign at which I planned to turn right. And as I approached that stop sign, I looked out ahead of me and there standing on the corner, there stood a man. And in that man's hand, there was a sign, a cardboard sign in fact and subconsciously as I saw and identified him I just assumed that his sign said what they all say I thought his sign would say something like hungry will work for food or uh, hungry need help but then I looked beyond my assumption and I read the words that were scribbled onto that cardboard sign with a black marker. And this is what that sign said. Visions of a cheeseburger. I think they've got a slide to help, help uh, you see what I saw on that corner. Visions of a cheese. Now, is it okay if I just preach about cheeseburgers for a few minutes on Sunday night? I got my wife's attention and I said, did you read that man's sign? And I, I, I did what any good millennial would do. I reached for my cell phone to try to capture this moment so I could put a real picture on the screen. But then I looked in my rearview mirror and realized that cars were lining up on this exit ramp behind me and I figured that getting my Instagram photo was not worth causing a backup on a busy interstate. And so I sacrificed my photo and I employed Photoshop for this slide tonight and, and I turned right at that stop sign just going on about my way and we are laughing and we are we are humorously uh, enjoying the, the thought that a man would stand on the side of a road holding such a sign. But no longer did we get around the corner that I told my wife, I said, you know, as funny as it seems and as humorous as that is, I have to give the man props. At least he's got a vision of something. At least there is something beyond his present reality that is not in his hand. But he can very much see that through the eyes of his faith. It was absent in the moment. That which he desired was not there in that moment but it was very much present in his mind because of a vision that he hoped and believed would be fulfilled. I rise on this Sunday evening to remind you of those wise words of Solomon when he said where there is no vision the people perish. Therefore, in this day and in this hour, it is absolutely imperative that you and I obtain a vision of what we believe God is able to do. 
I would preach to everybody in this room tonight regardless of your age and regardless of where you are on your journey. And I would admonish you, you need to get a vision. You need to survey the landscape around you. You need to look at at the landscape of your present circumstance and you need to get a vision of what God has the power to do in your life, in your family, in your soul. You ought to get a vision of God's power being demonstrated in your life. Because I believe it to be true. If you desire to receive anything from God, you first got to see yourself by faith receiving that. If you're going to get something from God, you've got to be convinced beforehand that God's got something for you. If you want to be delivered, then you've got to see yourself walking out of that prison cell that we preached about this morning and stepping into divine deliverance. If you want to be healed, then you've got to see yourself being healed by the power of the name. of. You've got to get the understanding that sickness is not my future, but there is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus over the sickness that may fill my body. If you want to be forgiven of your sin, you've got to see yourself not being bound by your mistakes and your failures and the spirit of condemnation, but you've got to see yourself through the blood of Jesus Christ and see that I can be forgiven. I can be released from my failures. I can be set free. If you want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the Bible teaches with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you've got to first become convinced that I am not, I was not, I may was, I may have been born into sin, but I was not born to be a sinner. I was born to be a child of God. And though I may have made mistakes and failures, though I may be a slave to sin up until this point, I see myself by faith being filled with His Spirit and being called a child of the king. And I would just insert it for good measure here right now. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, there's been a whole lot of people down through the centuries received the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night and I can't think of anything better to happen in this house tonight than for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Anybody see that tonight? Anybody got a vision of what it looks like for the Holy Ghost to fall in this house tonight? God forbid that this day become as the day was written about in the book of 1 Samuel, the third chapter. When Samuel was born, the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord was precious in those days, meaning that the word of the Lord was rare. It was, it was something that, that was not frequently found or delivered to the people of God. In fact, there were very few revelations from God. Therefore, because of, of its scarcity and because of the rarity of God's word, it became valuable in that day. And it also says that in addition to the valuable nature of God's word at this particular time. 
The writer also says of this day that there was no open vision. There was no sustained prophetic message from the Lord. There was an absence of people who could truly hear from God. There was a great void of individuals who could receive and be in tune with what God was saying to his people. There, there, there was not that consistent and continual flow of communication coming from heaven to earth. And so I rise on this Sunday evening to submit. I pray that we never lose that open flow of communication whereby God can speak to us. That God can put things in our heart. That God can give dreams and visions. And God can resurrect faith within us. Amen. I pray that we never lose that ability to hear from God and that a word from God would become rare or scarce in this generation. We need an open vision. We need to be able to readily obtain a vision of what God is able and willing to do. We need a vision of something. And as as little David stepped into the valley of Elah, it is evident in Scripture that David had a vision of something. David's vision was very, very different from that vision possessed by his brothers. In fact, as David stepped onto that battlefield to obtain a, port, a report to take back to his dad, bringing bread and cheese to his brothers. David is there to just perform the task. He's there to drop off the door dash delivery and go on about his way. But while David is there, he hears that great big booming voice coming from that giant of a man found across the valley in the camp of the Philistines. He hears that Goliath of Gath issue the challenge to all of Israel. Send me a man who will come and fight with me. If he wins, we, the Philistines, will serve Israel and the God of Israel. But if I win, Israel will serve us and the gods of the Philistines. As this challenge is issued forth, David takes a look around and he observes the fear and the intimidation that consumes his brothers and all the armies of Israel. They begin to hide behind the rocks because they have obtained nothing more than a vision of defeat and failure. They have assumed because of Goliath's previous victories that this battle will result in Israel's defeat. Yet David stands there, the oddball, the one that, that, that goes against the grain. David stands there consumed by a vision but a very 
different vision from that of all Israel. David said, you know what? I know it would seem like the odds are stacked against us. I know he is a champion of war and he wears the finest of armor. But David said, I'm going to fight for this territory that God has given me. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for the promises of God. I'm going to fight on behalf of the kingdom of God. And I just believe that my God is able to get victory against this giant of the Philistine king. This vision David possessed took him all the way into the presence of King Saul where King Saul was also consumed by a vision of defeat and failure. Saul began endeavoring to talk David out of his volunteering to accept Goliath's challenge. Saul in effect, in, in some effect said, David, you, you won't last but a couple of seconds. You are but a youth and this man has been a champion of war since his youth yet David stands there persistent in the vision that he sees while all of Israel was consumed with the vision of defeat while the king himself could see nothing but failure David couldn't help himself but go against the grain and say I see something different I see something that in the natural isn't possible but in the supernatural is very David said I see a vision of victory I'm not going to preach all of this story because I'm sure you've heard it somewhere or another. Saul tries to give David his armor, but it doesn't fit. It's cumbersome. It hasn't been proved. And so David said, why don't you just go let me be, go out there and be who I am? And why don't you let me rely on the resources that God has put and blessed in my hand? David said, I, I was out keeping the flock, you know, and there came a lion. And that lion tried to take a lamb from the fold. He said, I wouldn't have that. I went and I snatched that lion, or that lamb rather, from the lion's mouth and I slew that lion with my bare hands. There came a bear and the bear tried to take a lamb but I wouldn't have that. I saved the lamb from the bear's mouth and I slew that bear and David said, call me crazy, call me foolish but the vision I see tells me that the same God who gave me victory and dominion over the lion and the bear can still give me victory over this uncircumcised Philistine. I know I'm preaching simple tonight, but may I remind somebody if God's ever delivered you before, he can do it again. If God's ever given you victory before, don't you doubt that his power has changed. He's still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he can do it again. I may not know how, I may not know when, but baby, I've got a vision that says he can do it again. Somebody shout, he can do it again. David sat there, or rather stood there, I suppose, in the presence of the king and said, I can't help it, but I am consumed by this vision. Can I, can I, I'll move on. I got a three-point sermon and I preached too long this morning, so I got to help, I got to help you out tonight. I got to, I got to do you a favor and preach a little shorter. David, David said, you know what? 
You may not believe it, and my brothers may not believe it, but I believe the vision that God has given me. And I would preach to somebody in this room tonight that God has resurrected your faith. In fact, I would preach to these wonderful students who have been revived this week at North American Youth Congress. And I would tell you God has given you visions this week. And God has revived your faith. And you have come back into this sanctuary believing and buying into things that you never have yet before. And I would admonish you. I know you don't know me, but just hang with me for a minute. I would admonish you. Don't get discouraged when others don't have that same vision as you do don't let somebody else pull you down who hasn't had the same experience that you've had don't let somebody else stifle out your faith when their faith doesn't match your faith David was willing to believe the vision even in the midst of division Oh, I, can't, I, I already committed myself not preaching long tonight. But there's a lot of people that will try to division you. There's a lot of things and hell him itself will form against you and try to rob you of your vision. Try to take your faith. Amen. But we need that determination of David that said I may be the only one standing and I may be the only one with faith. I may be the only one taking a stand. I may be the only one that declares what I believe but bless God I can't escape the vision that I see. I know the reality is bleak. I know the, the circumstances are dim but I see a vision of what God is able able to do that vision that God wants to give somebody tonight in this room is that God can and God will Somebody may have walked into this room tonight feeling a little defeated and forsaken in your faith. But I would that I could preach this into your spirit over the next few moments. Amen. You need to let, you need to let the scales fall off of your eyes. And you need to be open to the revelation that God is not only able, but God is willing. Amen. To perform the miraculous. And God is able to defeat your foes. You've got to get a vision of it. You've got to see it before it ever becomes a reality. And so I, I turned right at that stop sign and pastor, I proceeded onto that pilot truck stop where I started pumping my gas and I'm, just, I'm still just kind of humoring in the fact that this, this guy would hold such a sign. And, but I'm also, the preacher in me is, is starting to think and and I'm admiring this man for having a, a vision. And so as I'm pumping my gas, this is the, the thought process of my brain. I begin to think, well, you know what? Not only do I give props to this fellow for having a vision of, of something, even if it is cheeseburgers. This man also has the audacity, the courage, the boldness. To stand on the side of a busy interstate. He, he didn't pick some back road on the corner of nowhere. He chose, he chose the side of a busy interstate and he was not intimidated at all. To stand there holding a sign that plainly said what he saw. I begin to think. 
not only props to this man for seeing something, but he's got the guts to say what he saw. And this was the very instructions given of God to Habakkuk in the process of Habakkuk's growing from doubt and perplexity to absolute trust in God. Habakkuk began to address his concerns to God as it pertained to God's use of the Babylonian Empire to execute judgment upon Judah for their sins. And Habakkuk posed the question. He said, how can you, a holy God, use such a corrupt nation as your instrument in history? And yet, after all of Habakkuk's askings and questions and misunderstanding God stood by his plan and God told Habakkuk Habakkuk you may not understand my ways and you may not be able to calculate every method and all that I am up to but God said here's what I want you to do get out the tablets of stone get out the chisel of iron and I want you to write down everything I allow you to see I want you to write down everything I allow you to hear and here's here was God's words in that second verse of Habakkuk chapter 2 God said write the vision and make it plain that he may run that readeth it one translation says it this way write the vision plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message. I believe where we struggle, ladies and gentlemen, is not so much seeing the vision, but we struggle internally with saying what we have seen. We sometimes hesitate to let the vision go beyond just our minds and let it get into our mouths. And I believe, I believe that therein lies the tale as to why we miss so many miracles. I believe that is why we fail to see so many of the things God is ready and willing to do. For while we see it through the eyes of our faith, there becomes a fear and intimidation that stops us from saying and declaring that which we have seen through faith. David was not intimidated to say what he saw. David marched down into that valley and when Goliath saw him coming, Goliath began to mock and that giant said, Am I a dog that you would come to me with staves? Am I some backyard animal that you think you can chase me back into my borders? Goliath said, I'll have you know I'll feed your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Anybody ever heard a good trash talker right before a good fight? Goliath said, in effect, I'll do this and I'll do that. 
I imagine David just standing there. When I would have tucked my tail and ran, David stood there consumed and set in place by the vision that he saw. And when Goliath had finished his little pre-battle speech, I see David throwing a hand in the air and saying, hey, big boy, I got something to say too. (laughs) You come to me. I think this is verse 45, if y'all can throw these up here. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. There's more to me than what meets the eye. I know I look little, but I've got a big vision in a big God with whom nothing is too hard. Now watch what David said next. I believe this is verse 46 if you can... Get there. If not, it's 1 Samuel 17, verse 46. David says, not only do I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, but David said, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee. Now, David, David's moving into the, into the details now, folks. David's not just getting caught up in some Sunday night Pentecostal cliche. I come to you in the name of the Lord. David's not, now he, he's, no, he's moved beyond the catchphrases. David's getting down to the nitty gritty. God's gonna give you into my hand and I'm gonna smite you, but big boy, it gets better. I'm going to take thine head from you. Now, wait, 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 wait a second, David. Don't you remember? You left Saul's sword back at camp. You left the spear. In fact, you left all of the good weapons. All you got are five smooth stones and a sling. You got a long piece of leather and five smooth rocks. And you just told a champion of the Philistine camp that you were not only going to smite him, but you said you were going to take his head off. How you figure you're going to do that? I, I, I sat back in my chair and I wondered for a brief moment, did, did David just get caught up in the heat of the moment? That, that's how good trash talkers do right before a battle. When one says one thing, well, bless God, I'll one-up that. I can do something better. I considered for just a minute moment, did, did David just get caught up in an exchange of one-ups, was he just trying to talk big and make himself sound intimidating? 
that I came to the conclusion, no. D David wasn't just blowing hot air with the language he used. David wasn't just reaching for anything that might intimidate his adversary. I believe with everything within me, the very reason that David could speak to that giant in such detail was because he was simply saying what he had seen. David was not focused on the size of his giant or the, or the might of that Philistine army, but rather David was focused on one thing, and that was the very details of the vision that God had allowed him to see. And David did not allow himself to be intimidated by what he saw in the natural. He said, I can just see one thing, and that is this giant who has defied the God of Israel's. I see him coming down. I see him being smitten and I see his head rolling across this valley I've come to preach to somebody in Paris tonight it's time we get a vision of what God is able to do but let me preach to you it's time to let that vision get into our mouth and it's time for us to start saying what we believe God is able to do I not only see revival, I've determined I'm going to speak revival. I not only see deliverance coming to your life, I've come to declare tonight, deliverance shall be yours in Jesus' name. At some point, you've got to become so convinced of the word of God that it gets in your mouth. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm preaching tonight. I'm not preaching some blab it and grab it gospel. I'm not preaching that God is our bellboy and whatever we say God is obligated to do. That is not what I am preaching. But there are principles in God's word that express and reveal to us his desires and his intentions for his people. And I believe we will see the perfect will of God demonstrated when we will become so convinced of his word and his ability that we begin to declare with our mouth everything that God is able to do. I know I don't, I, I kept getting on this this morning. It just keeps coming back to me tonight. So maybe it's for somebody. But the doctor may give me a bad report. And that giant of a diagnosis may loom over me. But bless God, I will declare by the stripes on the back of Jesus Christ, I am healed. Can I preach to about one, one or two people in this room? Amen. God may not have answered that prayer yet, but don't you stop speaking faith. God not, may, may not have done what you've believed him for just yet, but don't stop believing on him. Don't stop lifting your voice. Don't stop verbalizing your belief. Don't, start, don't stop lifting your voice in a shout of faith because there is power in what you say. Was it Jesus in Mark chapter 11 said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, 
be thou removed. He wasn't talking about the power of a thought. He wasn't talking about the power of an intention, but he was establishing and illustrating the power of a spoken word of faith and belief in the word of God. Did not Jesus say on on multiple occasions to an individual with a need, he said, be it unto you according to your faith. I believe it's time that we let our tongues be loosed. Amen. I believe it's time that we let the vision of what God is able to do get beyond our mind and we let it get into our mouth and we start declaring this is what I'm believing God for this is what I see Come on, I feel like I lost some of you right there because you're thinking, well, this, this Okie from Muskogee is getting a little radical on Sunday night. Amen, it's time to let our faith well up within us and we start taking God at his word. I'm not gonna believe the bad report. I'm not gonna be consumed by sorrow and dread and I got a vision of victory and I will say what I see. I'm not going to preach all of the story of David. But everything David said in the face of that giant was fulfilled and accomplished just as David declared it would be. He hurled that first stone at the forehead of that giant. That giant comes tumbling down And with the very sword of Goliath, David cut off his head in such a victory that the Philistine troops ran, tucked their tails, and ran in fear. Because the giant who had never been conquered had finally been conquered by one man who was consumed with a vision of victory. You've come too late to tell me that the little things don't matter. You've come too late to tell me that something as small as a prayer can't get the attention of heaven and bring the biggest giant in your life to the ground. Everything David said came to pass. And so I finished pumping my gas. And we were not getting back on the interstate, Brother Meyer. We were taking another state highway southwest toward Colorado Springs. But to get on that highway, we had to go over the overpass and we, we, we had to pass Mr. Cheeseburger again. And there he stood, still holding his sign. Wasn't a big town, Lyman, Colorado. It was fairly small from my recollection. And we got just a few miles, just really on the outskirts of that little town. I had this nagging feeling, and I, I pulled the car over and I told my wife, I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I got to go back. I got to buy that man a cheeseburger. <laughs> Some of you have been waiting all service for me to tell you that. Some of you had not got anything out of my preaching tonight because you've been wondering if I fed that man. I I said, I got to go buy that man a cheeseburger. And so I I turned that car around. I came back into Lyman, Colorado. 
They didn't have a Whataburger, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't have a Brahms. Best they had was McDonald's. And so I pulled into McDonald's and I went to the drive-thru and Somebody can come to the piano, by the way. I'm going to wrap this up. I went to the drive-thru, and I said, I'll take a number one Big Mac with a large fry, a large Coke. And I said, throw in an apple pie, because God always gives you more than you ask for. Somebody say amen. (laughs) They handed that bag out the window. I pulled out of that parking lot, turned left, and I began to approach that overpass with so much anticipation. I was expecting so much joy to flood this man's face when I handed that bag out that window to him. I came up to that overpass, and we, we, we immediately began to look to the right, anticipating as soon as we came over that little hill. We knew exactly where he was. We came over that little hill, Brother Bolton, and I looked over there to the right where the man had been standing, and the man was gone. Absolutely and totally gone. I stopped the car right in the middle of the road. I looked in every direction. I was this close to getting out of my car and looking over the bridge. I looked every way. The man was nowhere to be found. Totally puzzled. I finally drove forward and pulled back into that pilot truck stop. And I I looked around every pump. I drove around the building a couple of times, I believe. I stared down every man in that parking lot. I I sniffed for cheeseburgers. Just maybe somebody beat me to the punch here. The man was nowhere to be found. So I, I parked. I looked at my wife and I said, "Well, I, I don't really know what to do. I, I thought this was maybe a prompting of the spirit. I, I thought this was what I was supposed to do. And now he's gone." I finally concluded, I said, well, all I know to do is go on to Colorado Springs. <laughs> you take the Big Mac, I'll take the apple pie. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we went on our way. Pastor, I got six or seven miles down that highway. Mulling over and contemplating all of this and just trying to figure out what and why and how. It was as if the Lord impressed my spirit. Saying that's exactly how some people are with me. God said so many people know what I am able to do. And they even have the faith to say what they have seen. God said before I ever have the ability to provide what they have believed me for they fold up their spiritual cardboard sign and they give up on the vision that I allowed them to see and 
they once had the faith to believe. God said there's a whole lot of people who get to the place of verbalizing their faith but because it doesn't happen in the timing that they would choose because it doesn't happen when they thought that it would because the answer doesn't come in the way that they believed it would happen Brother Griffith they toss in the towel they go on their way they never receive what God was willing and ready to do in their life I've come to preach to somebody as I I hurry to a close on this Sunday night I don't know what it is you've seen and I don't know what it is you've had the faith to verbalize and believe God for I don't know how long you've prayed I don't know how long you have believed on God I feel something moving in this room tonight I'm telling you there's a deep ministering spirit in this sanctuary tonight I know we're not running the aisles I want you to listen to me in the Holy Ghost right now it doesn't matter how many years you've been praying and pleading the promises of God back before him And I tell you, you ought not fold up your faith and give up on what God has allowed you to see. Because the very next prayer you pray may be the prayer God answers. I don't know how long. It couldn't have been long. But I don't know how long that man had been missing from that corner. But did he walk away just two cars short of his cheeseburger? How many miracles have been missed because we were two prayers away? We were four trips from the altar away from our breakthrough. I feel strength trying to come into this room right now to some saint of God who the devil has worked on you and worked on you and tried to wear you down. Well, I really thought this was going to go in the direction of faith tonight, but I feel feel strength and encouragement in this room. The devil has worked on some of you and tried to wear you out pull you into a place of doubt and unbelief that God has somehow changed his mind that God has forgotten that promise he gave you all those years ago can I tell you something I'm closing I promise but back in Genesis Genesis chapter 8 I believe it is it says this and God remembered Noah It wasn't that God ever forgot. It wasn't that God failed to recall the act of obedience that he required of Noah. When the Bible speaks of God's remembrance, it's not speaking that God forgot and then woke up one day and remembered what he forgot. When the Bible speaks of the remembrance of God, the Bible is saying God never did forget one time. 
I feel to tell somebody in this room tonight, God has not failed to remember that word and promise that he gave you. God has not failed. God has not forgotten that dream or that vision that he put in your spirit. But everything that you have believed him for and God said he would do, Just like you told Habakkuk, I will tell you tonight, it is for an appointed time. God's not just stringing you along to a dead-end road. But every promise of God has an appointed time at which that promise will be fulfilled. And though the promise may tarry, though you may have prayed for years, though you may have believed without end for a long time. God sent a preacher from up in Muskogee to tell you tonight, don't stop believing. Don't give up on what you have seen because the appointment is coming. Would you throw your hands in the air right now? Come on, if you've got faith at all in the ability of God to do what He has said, I want you to stretch your hands high in the air right now. I would to God that everybody in this house would stand to your feet and lift your voice toward heaven right now. There's faith trying to feel this atmosphere. There's strength and encouragement coming to your soul today. Come on, don't you let the devil intimidate you and discourage you from praying those prayers of belief and confidence in the Word of God. Come on, I'm reaching for somebody right now that you've prayed a lot of prayers and you've believed a lot of things and you hadn't seen it yet. But I'm reaching for somebody right now that would step out into the aisle and say, I'm not going to let the giant intimidate my faith. I'm still believing the vision. And I'm not afraid to step out on a Sunday night and make my way to an altar and declare one more time what I have seen and what I believe. Come on, if you need healing in your body, I wish you'd come right now with faith that says I may have prayed 39 times this month, but I'm going to come pray one more time and believe on God that He is able to heal. Come on, if you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've never received it. I would that you would come, you would repent of your sins, and you would begin to worship God as though you see yourself filled with His Spirit. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Come on! You turn it for good. Come on, don't let the will of God be stifled in your waiting. You tell God, I'm going to wait right here until you supply my need. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take the enemy and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. 
is what I want us to do here tonight. I'm, I'm not going to ask you what your need is, and I'm not here to embarrass anybody whatsoever. But I would just simply ask, if you've got a need in your life tonight, and you've got faith to believe that God is able to meet that need, if there's a, if there's a promise that God has given you and you've yet to see that promise come to pass, I wonder if you'd just lift your hand in this room. There's some things I need God to do. There's needs in my life on a Sunday night that I know God is able to supply. I ask you to lift your hand because the enemy would love to rob us of this moment. The opportunity we have of God manifesting His glory in this room. If you are able to do so, I know there's a lot of hands, but if you are able to do so, I, I'm, I'm going to ask that you just come and line up across this front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call anybody out. I promise you. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to come to the front, and then I'm going to ask the church to come in behind you, and we're just simply going to pray together. We're just simply going to mix our faith together and agree that God is able to do what you have the faith to believe Him for. Is that all right? If, you, if you're one of those that raised your hands and you, you've got faith to believe that God is able to do what you have believed Him for, come line up across this front. And if you didn't raise your hand, I want you to, if you've got faith, I want you to come. I want you to come behind someone whose hand was lifted. Now here's what I want you to do. Those of you that lifted your hand, when we begin to pray in just a moment, I want you to lift your hands in the air. And I want you to lift your voice. And I want you to begin to verbalize what you believe God is able to do in your circumstance. I don't want you to feel sorry for yourself. I don't want you to cry and complain. I don't want you to have a pity party, but I want you to simply say what you have seen and declare what God is able to do. And I'm going to ask that the people of God around you would agree with you. you don't have to, I'm not asking you to tell them. I'm not asking you to get in everybody's business. But I just simply would ask that you would put your arm on their back and say, God, I mix my faith together with their faith. And in unity and agreement, we petition your throne that your glory would come down and that you would perform exactly what is needed in these lives here tonight. I believe God's well able. How about you? Would you lift your hands? And I want you to begin to lift your voice right now in faith. Come on, whatever you have seen through the eyes of your faith, I want you to begin to declare right now. In faith believing that God is able. Come on, church, I want you to lift your voice and begin to pray in faith on behalf of these that have brought their need before the Lord. 
not out of pity but out of confidence that God is able to meet the need come on that's it lift your voice in the name of Jesus on the authority of God's word and by the power that is in the name I speak a release of faith in this room today I speak a release of faith in this house in the name of Jesus may the power of God begin to flow in this house right now God, I pray that needs would be met right now. I pray that healing would happen in the name of Jesus. I pray that healing would happen in the name of Jesus. I know you're moving. I know you're working it out. So I will believe. Come on, that's it. Let faith come out here. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Come on, say what you believe. Say what you believe. I know you're moving. I know you're working it out. So I will believe. Creator, healer, wonder working, miracle God. You can do it.
There's a student that wants to be baptized in Jesus' name tonight. I think we ought to give God praise for that right now. I would invite anybody else that may be in this service tonight if you have never been baptized in Jesus' name and you want to take that step of obedience according to the plan of salvation, one's going to be baptized tonight, but if you would see your need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure they would love to baptize just more than one in Jesus' name tonight. So we want to make that available to you. They're going to sing. We're going to worship. I believe God is still working in this house tonight. Could we one more time lift our hands and our voices? Whatever it is that you believed and expressed faith upon God to do, could you just thank Him right now? You may not have seen the results yet, but you ought to lift your voice and say, God, by faith, I praise you. By faith, I give you the thanks in advance because you're a prayer-answering God. You're a way-making God. And I'm worshiping you in advance for what you will do. Let's worship God as they prepare to baptize this young person in Jesus' name.
Hayden Rawson. In response to your faith, in obedience to the word of God, I will now baptize you in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Can't stop.